happening in our life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Why I love Jesus, I want to talk to you about not lacking. I love Jesus because I don't have any lack, not lacking. And really, I want to talk to you about two things, is the lie of lack and the lie of loss. Why I love Jesus. In my former church, there was a moment. How many of you believe in miracles, by the way? Amen? All right? We do believe in miracles. There was a, 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 a moment in, our, in my former church, and we, God was doing great things, and we were growing, and people kept coming into our church, and they would have uh, little spots of oil on their shirts and on their, just hold with me for me, you're like some of you are freaking out already, uh, oil on their shirts, and even sometimes would come into our church and have oil on their heads, and even one time we were, I didn't know what was going on, so I came into the building one day before worship, and I looked down on my shirt, and I had oil, you know, on my shirt, and, and multiple people were having this happen, and some lofty-minded people, you know, uh, very spiritually-minded people say, well, you know, maybe God is is anointing people with anointing oil as they come in the building. And, and I'm thinking, well, you know, that never heard of that before, but if that's real, then it's all the God. And so I started investigating. And so I go over to our door, and I'm waiting there to greet somebody. And all of a sudden, a drip falls on my head. And I look up, and it's one of those old door closers, right? And the oil is coming after it, so I had to replace it. And so, you know, it's kind of funny. And, and, you know, I didn't make fun of the people who thought it was the Holy Spirit. But, you know, sometimes in life, we really want to look for God in the external. Now, I believe God does signs and wonders. I believe in miracles. And, and the Bible is proof of that. I've seen miracles. And no doubt you've seen miracles in your life. But I know sometimes we get to places where we feel such a lack in our life. We feel empty or, or just don't have enough uh, um for juice or joy to get going. And we often think things like, God, if you would just show up with an angel, Lord, if you would just give me a sign from heaven, God, if you would just make this mountain move from here to there. And man, I believe in those promises, but I know sometimes I'm asking God to move from heaven. And sometimes he really wants to move in my heart. You know, Sometimes we can be so looking outward and so looking upward and saying, God, won't you move from heaven? And he's saying, I want to move in your heart. And that lesson for us with the oil and the door closer really was saying, you know, we don't need a oil dropping on our heads to know we have the Holy Spirit because I know he's right here in my heart. How many know that's true? Amen. So I want to talk to you about not lacking. Sometimes God shows up from heaven but most often, he wants to show up in our hearts. I think about the early church, the most pitiful, poor, and persecuted people at that time on the face of the earth. And yet somewhere within them, they had the grit, the tenacity, the power, the resolve to go and face the lions and go and face being their skin filleted and hung and drugged behind chariots and, and thrown to the wolves. You know, they, they had the grit. Something was bubbling within them that they could not stop. And I think about the American church today, and I think we have got the best external things. We've got some of the best speakers. We've got some of the best lighting. We've got some of the best worship. We've got some of the best podcasts. We are the most educated church in the history of the world. We're the wealthiest church in the history of the world. And yet we still seem to be lacking something. 
We have all the external things, but inside we still seem to be lacking the most basic things. It seems no matter how much external things the modern day church seems to gain, we seem to lack internally. You know, even Jesus said it was an evil generation that looked outwardly for signs. He says, the only sign you really need is the sign of Jonah, which is that I'm going to die, be buried for three days and rise again. And if you'll believe that sign and believe my word, that's all that you need to know is that I have come to obey me, right? And, and that sign is the only sign I need to put my hope and my trust in. God doesn't need to show up from fire anymore. He doesn't have to show up with anointing oil on my head anymore or, or give me an angelic visitation. The best witness that God is for me and not against me is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, was rose again on the third day, and then he sent me his Holy Spirit, I have no lack in Jesus Christ. Amen? No lack in Jesus Christ. But the problem is, as I go through this life, I know that um, sometimes I feel like I don't have enough. I don't know about you. And I think there are two lies that we most often believe. And the number one is the lie of lack. And that simply is this, that I feel like sometimes I lack what I need from God. For instance, that lie in my heart will cause me to faithlessly beg God for things he's already given. It causes me to... Pray, perhaps, uh, to God uh, continually, repetitively, and, and when I don't see him acting or moving, I feel my faith is depleted. I think, well, maybe, maybe, you don't, maybe I wasn't good enough, or maybe God doesn't love me, or maybe God loved me that one time, but now he's disappointed in me, and I begin to get all these false faith and false hope, and I think, well, maybe he doesn't care anymore, and that lie, it'll help me to or cause me to fail to trust him to resource everything that I need. And it blinds me from the kingdom perspective that with God, little is much. Little is much. For instance, you can think things like this. I don't have enough to make it through this week, God. I don't have enough, God, to to make a difference. Or, Lord, I don't have enough for you to use me. I've got no peace inside. There's no prosperity in my life. Maybe I don't have the power to do that thing you're calling me to do, God. That's the lie of lack. Number two is the lie of loss. It says, uh, I need to save and hold on to what I have until God blesses me, and then I can do something. It's a failure to understand how much God's going to resource his mission. It's a fear of the future, and it blinds me to the kingdom perspective that to die is to live and to give is to gain. The lie of lack and the lie of loss. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7. Because I want you to see God's heart. I'm going to go through, I'm going to give you three stories real quick today. Where this text is going to just set the stage for those three stories. And God, through Moses, is recounting how he brought them through the wilderness at this time. And here's what Moses says to the people in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7. Because I think they were dealing with a lie of lack. And God, we don't have enough. And a lie of loss. Maybe, God, I need to hold on to what I've got. Because I don't think I'm going to make it through. Deuteronomy 2, 7, he says, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all. Everybody say all. All that you have done. He has known your wanderings through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. How is it that in the middle of a wilderness, 
You say, well, it wasn't great, God. We didn't have a motel or hotel. Uh, we didn't have the pool. We didn't have the cars. We, he says, but in the middle of a wilderness for 40 years with famine and, and dry seasons and, and parched thirst, your, your clothes never wore out. Your shoes never gave in. I gave you water every place you went. I provided you manna from heaven, quail uh, for your belly. I was there with a cloud and fire. I gave you my word. I sent you a prophet. I have caused you to have no lack. And that same God says, I want to take you to a land where I am promising you abundance. He goes on that God is going to send you to a land, and we have that phrase, a land flowing with milk and honey, meaning a land that is prosperous, a land that is fruitful, a land that where you go there, there'll be, uh, uh, there'll, I won't take sickness away from you. I'll bring victory in your camp. I'll put food on your table. Everything you do, if you follow me by faith. If you follow me by faith, I will lead you to prosperity mentally, physically, relationally, socially. Uh, I will take you to, I'm, I'm promised you in the middle of the wilderness, you've had no lack. And where I'm taking you is going to be a place of no lack as well. And church, that is your promise still yet today for the New Testament church. In this life of wilderness, in this journey that you and I call life, it is a wilderness. There are evil things, there are evil people, there are bad circumstances, there are dry seasons. There are empty, bitter wells. There are mountains and valleys we have to cross. There's enemies that often surround us. But in the middle of our wilderness, God is still saying to his church today, I will take you through that place. You'll have no lack. And I'm promising you a land of abundance. You haven't ever been there. You can't see it now. But just like I'm providing your needs now, I'm going to provide your needs then. And you haven't even begun to see nor taste nor touch the promises I have for you in that land. If You'll follow me by faith. But that lie of lack and that lie of loss often causes me to doubt God, to say, Lord, I don't know that I have enough. God, I don't know if I I can give enough. But God has given himself through his son. And here's the thing I want you to get out of today, is that God will give you power and provision. God gives power and provision to those who make his purpose their priority. God gives power and provision to those people who make his purpose their priority. If you put God's needs first, he is going to take care of you every single time. If you make his purpose your priority, I don't care what wilderness or dry season or battle you go through. If your purpose is his priority, he's going to give you enough power and provision you'll never lack. Amen? Let me tell you a couple couple stories here because I think, number one, sometimes we feel like we have depleted resources. Number one is depleted resources. I think we feel sometimes depleted. And I don't want to talk about being personally lacking. You ever go through life and feel like, man, I just internally, my reservoir is low. How many people have ever been there before? Okay. Some of you are human. Great. Okay. So, uh, I feel lack. I mean, just like, man, I don't have enough peace or joy or I definitely don't have enough patience to get through this day. Lord have mercy. You know, like I don't have something inside. I just the, the zeal, the umph, and it's just all I can do to get to the end of the workday, come home, put my feet up, turn the TV on, and just disappear. 
You ever been there before? Or, Lord, I don't have enough to, to parent these kids, and I always feel like, man, I don't give enough to my children, and I, there's just nothing left of me at the end of the day for my marriage, and, and, Lord, I'm suffering for it, but, God, there's just not enough, and, Lord, there's, there's all these things around us, and, and I know I need to be this way, and I don't have the passion that I should, or maybe it's the joy, and I just feel empty or lacking. My reservoir is low. My vessel has run dry. That's real easy for the lie of lack and the lie of loss to say, God, I don't have enough. Look at me in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Let me give you this quick story about a widow and some oil. And many of you have heard this story before. And this woman, she was a believer in God, and her husband was one of the prophets, but he died and he left her a widow. And she couldn't pay the bills any longer. And the collectors are actually coming to take everything away, and they threatened even to take her own children. And all she had left was very little. And she calls on the prophet Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2, Elisha says to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Note that. What do you have? Not what you need. He didn't ask, what do you need? Like as in, how can we increase your investment portfolio? How can we go fly other neighborhood? How can we rearrange the money that you've got? He says, what do you have? What has God given you? At least in this season, where is the blessing of God? Sometimes we lose that, right? We're like, God, this is all my problems and what I don't have. And its question is, but what do you have? What do you have? And he says, well, what do you have? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house. There's that lie of loss and the lie of lack again. I don't have anything. I don't have anything for God to use. I don't know how I'm going to get through the situation. Buddy, would you just please help me? And he says, what do you have? She said, well, I have a jar of oil. That's the only thing I got. Well, guess what, sister? God's about to use that. Now, look, he says, Okay, so go borrow vessels from all your family and friends and your neighbors, even empty ones. Don't just get a few of them. That's your faith. That's where you say, well, God, I only have this. And he says, well, how big is your faith for me to use what you have? Not what you need, but what you have. How big is your faith? Go collect as many vessels as your faith is big. So he sends the boys out and they go and, you know, these are... Maybe they're rowdy boys. I don't know. I think they went to everybody. I think they came back with wheelbarrows and carts. And I think they began to bring them home to mom. And and he says, now set it all aside and shut the door behind you. And so she goes in and they get the vessels. They shut the door behind her and her sons. And they bring the vessels to mom. And and then mom begins to pour. In verse 6, it says, when the vessels were full. Wait a minute. How'd that happen? She said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more and the oil stopped that oil stopped according to their faith on how many vessels to bring in the house how many know that's true and so he says and, the, and she came to the man of god and he said now you can go sell the oil pay your debt and your sons can live on the rest what happened here here you've got a faithful believer who's lacking prosperity and peace she says to god god i'm empty I don't have enough inside of me. Personally, there's the, my vessel is empty. All I've got left is just a little bit. All I've got left is just a little bit. My resources are depleted. But when she began to obey the word of God in faith, she could have said, well, that'll never work. 
How are you going to get that oil to multiply into all of that? How are you going to have a dream that big? How could I ever be enough for all of my family? How could I ever get through all the responsibilities that are laid on me? How could God ever give me enough to do more than I could ever think or do? I've got too much on my plate right now. All I've got is just a little bit, and that's that little bit that's just getting me by right now. I'm lacking. I'm lacking. I'm empty. He says, but yeah, but how about your faith? Let's increase your faith. Let's multiply your faith. And so her personal needs, I don't have enough peace. I don't have enough love or joy to get by. I'm lacking. I'm depressed. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed, God. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I'm empty. You know, Jesus tells us to ask, to seek, to knock. I think that is a repetition because it's a building up of your faith. Go get one vessel. Asking. Go get another vessel. Seeking. Oh, man, go get another vessel. Keep on knocking. Keep on building up that faith. Because the bigger your faith is, the more God might just pour out in abundance. The more he might just do in your life. Even Jesus, he says, don't worry, guys. God knows sparrows that fall. How many people know every bird that dies in your yard? God knows every bird that dies all around the world. He knows them. They're his. He even knows every hair that falls out on your head. And some of you, he knows more of you than others right? He knows every hair. I mean, some of you guys, when you go to this, like I have three girls in my house and, you know, they take a shower or a bath and there's a lot of hair there, right? I mean, you guys have girls. So he knows every hair that falls off. He knows every bird that falls. He says, and how much more do you think God knows your issues? How much more do you think God knows how depleted and empty you feel, how overwhelmed you are? He says, don't fear have faith. If you'll just, he says in Matthew six thirty three, if we just seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything you lack, everything you need, not everything you want, everything that you wish list and your Christmas list with God, everything you lack that you really need, he's going to give it. How many people believe with God there's no lacking? Amen. So what happens? Then we have to obey. God, I, I have to obey your word. Even though I'm feeling lack, God, I've got to obey your word. You said go and multiply my faith. Ask, seek, not believe. It's going to be given unto me. Whatever I lack, Lord, you're going to supply my emptiness, my vessel. And you know that today, church, that God, when he saves your eternal soul, he fills you. The, the gospel say, and, and all the writings of the early church say that he fills you. He puts that Holy Spirit in you that you can cry out, Abba, Father, I need you. And he knows in Romans chapter 8, whatever you need, you can pray with the help of that Holy Spirit, and he's going to begin to answer and intercede for you on your behalf. And I say, God, I've only got this much Holy Spirit left in my life. He says, but where's your faith? Let me begin to multiply that lack. You know, God, you may feel like, God, I don't have enough joy, but here's what she began to do. What little bit of joy she had, she began to pour out into another vessel. What little bit of love she had left she began to pour out into another vessel. God, I don't have enough to love that person. God, I don't have enough, Lord, to pay, be patient with that coworker. God, I don't have enough to pour into my children or to my spouse. You just begin to pour out what little you have and don't see that God's going to open up a floodgate of heaven and pour into you as you begin to pour into out. Because the lie of lack and loss says, well, God, I need to wait until you fill my vessel and maybe even fill me and my situation around me until I can begin to affect other people. And see, that's a lie from the devil. He wants you to stay right there with no faith and no abundance. But the promises of God are, whatever little bit you have, pour it out. 
Pour out that joy. Pour out that peace. Pour out that, that love. Whatever you're lacking, pour it out. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, he says, In everything that you have, man, you are enriched in Christ, in all speech, and all knowledge. And even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait on Jesus. Do you believe that's true today? There's no lack. God has given you his heaven's very best. And you may feel empty personally today. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. As you begin to pour out into your spouse or your kids or your relatives or those around you, even out of the emptiness of your heart, as you begin to pour out what little you have, God is going to multiply according to your faith. Somebody say amen. That's depleted resources. But sometimes... You've got drastic needs in your life that are very real. They're not just personal, they're relational. They become drastic needs. Look at me in John chapter 6, verse 8. You guys know the story about loaves and fishes, perhaps. And here we are, there are about 5,000 people who are hungry and tired, and they've been following Jesus around, and they've gone across the lake or the Sea of Galilee. And man, the disciples, whew, they, you know the reason they even went across the lake is to get away from people? Ever want to get away from people before? That's like a professional job, trying to get away from people sometimes, right? And they want to get away from people. Man, we're tired. We've been doing ministry, and it's hot in Israel. It's like the desert. And so let's go take a break with Jesus. Well, you want to just have a, want to have a break with Jesus? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Just you and Jesus get across a lake, sit there, put a bonfire out, catch some fish, and just chill with Jesus. Doesn't that sound like a great holiday, right? That's what they wanted. Let's just get away from the hustle and bustle of life. And wouldn't you know it, not just one, two, or three, or 300, 5,000 people follow you. You ever feel like that? Man, I just come home, and, and the, there's the bills, and there's the people, and the dog and the cat are fighting, and the kids are crazy. And it's just like, ah, I just need some me and Jesus, okay? Can everybody just be quiet in this house? One, two, three, quiet mouse. I mean, we're going to just play a game where everybody goes in their rooms, pretends you don't exist, or you go lock yourself in the bathroom and just turn off everything. They wanted some alone time because life was chaotic. And yet Jesus says, you know what, guys, feed them, feed them. God, what are we going to feed them with? I, I lack I lack, I got no resources left, God. I got aunts and uncles who need money from me. My kids need to go to college. Lord, my, my in-laws are doing this, and my ex-laws are doing that, and my outlaws are doing this. I mean, we got nothing left, Lord. We are tapped out on what we can do for anybody else. The church is calling, want me to sign up as an usher, a greeter, a serving kids church. I already feel guilty every time I see the pastor. I try to beeline around the other side, you know. And, I, and Lord, I, I just... There's not enough in my life, God. I don't have enough time or money or, or, or anything. Lord, we're just doing good to get by. Feed them. Feed them. Well, Lord, we don't have anything. All we've got here is some five barley loaves, and who wants to eat that, and, and two dried pieces of fish. And what is that, Lord, for so many people? Verse 10, Jesus says, well, have all of them sit down. Now all, the, all over the grass, and so the men sit them down and they were numbering about 5,000 men plus women and children. And they took the loaves and having given thanks, he began to distribute them to everyone seated down. And another passage, we know that they began to sit in groups of 20 and, and different amounts. And they began to pass out and they got these baskets. And as they began to pass out, it just began to multiply. Of what little they had, it began to be 
and abundance. Began to be abundance. It says in, in the last verse, in verse 13, it says they gathered them up. And once everybody was filled, verse 12, once they were filled, everybody say filled. They weren't lacking anymore. Once everybody around them was filled, they hadn't ate yet, by the way. Once everybody else was filled, they collected all their leftovers. And how many baskets did it have left? Twelve for twelve disciples. You see, as they began to give and work for the kingdom of God, out of their lack came an abundance. I'll never have enough time to serve God. I'll never have enough to give. Lord, there's not enough of me to go around. Lord, I'm only just two little fish and a couple pieces of bread. That's all my family has time for. But if I would just sacrifice my wants for his want, he says, Lord, you, I've got a call on your life. I want you to feed them. You're not going to do it out of your abundance. I'm going to do it through you as you're obedient to me in faith. Somebody say amen. That's how kingdom works. It's a lie of lack and loss that the devil is permeating the church to say, you've only got this much time, money, talent, resources. That's all you've got. You're limited. Your supply is low. But Jesus says, feed them. Go and be obedient to what I've said. And God made enough leftovers. You see... I can have relational needs in my life, my community, my church, my family, my kids. They all have needs. And it's a little overwhelming when you're tired. How many know we're more tired than we've ever been? That just something about our modern age, we're just more tired. I hear that from every single person. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. The disciples were tired. They had no money. They had wanted time alone. I don't have enough to help. But Jesus would say in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. They'll pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And that's exactly what happened. As you began to give your time, even in your tiredness, and you began to give what resources you had, even in your depletion, and the drastic needs around you seem bigger than what you could ever afford to do. And God, what is my serving as a greeter going to do? And God, what am I going to, how can I affect any change in this community? God, how can I make a difference in the life of anyone? Lord, I'm just enough to get by. And he says, but if you'll just give, I will be giving into you. I will press it down. I will shake it together. It's like a jar of Skittles. I'm going to pack as many. I'm going to shake it in until I can't fit any more in there. And it's just going to begin to overflow in your life. You're going to see me do it, not you. And he says in Luke 16, 10, if you're faithful in just a little thing, you're going to be faithful in much. And if you're unrighteous in that very little thing, you'll be unrighteous in much. Let me tell you this today, church. Perhaps your blessing is on the other side of your giving. Perhaps your blessing is on the other side of your giving. And God may be calling you to give your time. He may be calling you to give your talent. He may be calling you to give earthly treasures. Let me tell you, I know many people who said, well, God called me to give my truck, and guess what? I got a new one. God's called me to give and serve in that area, and I don't know how. I don't have the gifts for that. But that ministry began to grow. God, I don't have enough money to, by faith, do what you're telling me to do. But God, you provided every time. How many people have seen that in your life? As you begin to be obedient to even the little things that you have. God, all I have is this. He says, that's fine. I don't really need your resources. I just need your faith to be obedient to what I've called you to do. And as you begin to be obedient, no matter what it looks like, I'll pour out the abundance. 
Perhaps your blessing is on the other side of your giving. God doesn't require us to have enough before we begin to help other people. He says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. What seemingly little thing perhaps today is God calling you to give so that he can multiply you in abundance? For the woman and the the widow, it was her vessel. God, I'm going to give out of my lack. I'm going to give my vessel. To these disciples, it was to give their baskets. God, use that little basket I have. And God, a little bit of fish that we could scrounge up from a little boy. And God began to multiply. And they got their basket back. And it was full to the brim. The next is sometimes God sends you on to a difficult assignment. Sometimes God calls us to difficult assignments. And so whereas the widow was lacking personally and didn't have enough internally... The disciples were were lacking relationally. They didn't have enough to give to those around them. Sometimes you feel like there's something God wants you to do, and you say, well, I'm not enough. I don't have enough internally. God, I don't have enough externally. Or just simply, God, I, I'm not enough. Moses was one of these guys in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses had a past. Some of us have a past. That past had prevented him from being in the place God really wanted him. He made some mistakes along the way, and he probably didn't see the whole picture, but I think he tried. I think he tried and early on to lead God's people. He, he thought, maybe I was supposed to lead God's people, but then he kills a guy, and someone shames him with it, and he runs and he flees, and for 40 years he becomes a shepherd, leaving God's path and purpose for his life. And one day he sees a burning bush. God shows up in a powerful, strange, unusual way. The presence of God becomes real. And he goes and he leaves the flock where he was tending. And he goes and finds that presence of God. It says the angel of the Lord, or even Jesus himself, was demonstrated in that bush and began to speak and said, Moses, take off your, your sandals. This is holy ground and come into this place deeper with me. And God began to call Moses back to the purpose that he had for him, to free God's people. But God, I'm a stuttering, wanted fugitive. I'm a shepherd. I left all that. Maybe I had gifts before. That period of my life is over. I can't speak. I stutter. I have no power. If I go back, they'll kill me. It's not going to work. Look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. He says, But God, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And how do we know if God's with you, right? The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? See what Jesus did at the widow? What do you have in the house? See what he says to the disciples? What do you have? We just got some baskets and a little bit of piece of fish. What does he say to Moses? Moses, what's in your hand? He doesn't say, what do you need? What can I do for you? How am I going to happen? Let me give you all the plans, and I'm going to draw it out on a map here and give you a compass to figure it out. What is in your hand? What little thing do you have? Where have I taken you? Where are you at right now in your life? Well, I'm a shepherd. I'm not the royal prince that I once was. I'm a shepherd. What's in your hand? God, it's just a simple staff to hit some sheep with to guide some sheep. It's just a simple, this is representation of my life. This is all that I have. And 
And he says, it's a staff. He says, well, I'll throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. It became a serpent. Moses fled from it. That's an appropriate response, right? And the Lord says to Moses, here's some faith. I don't know about you. We're not a snake handling church by any sense of the means. But Moses right here goes down and picks up a snake. Now, he's a wilderness man. He's, a, he's a, probably a macho guy. He's a shepherd. But I don't care who you are. If something happens in your hand, you throw your staff down, it turns into a snake. And it's, I'm imagining it's a six-foot snake, six-foot staff. I mean, who's going to go pick it up? That takes a little bit of faith. God says, pick it back up. It's not going to bite you. Pick it back up. Uh, yeah, good one, God. Right. No, 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 no. Seriously, Moses. Pick it back up. And so by faith, he picks it back up. He obeys the word of the Lord. It turns back into a staff. He says, now, look at this. Now, stretch out your hand, grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. And God would say, Moses, you're going to go. I'm going to even give you help along the way. I'm going to confirm myself with signs and wonders. Great things going to happen in you. Just go and obey my word by faith. A man with a bad past, lost his purpose, submitted to put God's kingdom priorities ahead of his own. God, I got a wife, I got kids. Now, that, I don't have time for this. What's going to happen to the sheep? What's going to happen to my father-in-law? Who's going to run this business? Would you give me your plans, Moses? What's in your hand? My, my whole life is in my hand, God. He says, lay your life down. Watch me transform it and pick up your life the way I've called it to be by faith. How does that work for you in your life? God, I don't have enough gifts to serve. God, I'm not qualified. God, I don't know the Bible enough. Man, that is really scary to be up on that stage or lead that small group or talk to people in the lobby or go door to door on our evangelism team or drive the van. God, I don't, I don't think that's me. You know what? It may not be you, but what's in your hand? Jesus, when he sent out his 70 disciples, that first time they went out without him by themselves, no doubt that was crazy. Man, I'm with a guy that can walk on water and cast out demons and and heal the sick. And he says, all right, now, I'm going to stay here. Y'all 70, go do this by yourself for a minute. Wait a minute there, Jesus. Hold on just a second. He says, no, 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 there's going to be signs that follow you when you believe. And you go do this by faith. And you just guys go to these towns. Let's just try this little thing out here for a little bit because you don't know this, but I'm going to go to heaven here in a little while. And you need to have a practice run. Okay, practice run. So 70 go out. Y'all go do it. And they go out and, and they begin to preach the gospel for the first time by themselves. They didn't have no PowerPoints or sermon slides or any educational training. And they just go do what Jesus said to do. Let's just go tell the good news. And man, you said, Jesus, we came back and, and signs were there and, and healings and miracles. And we cast out demons. And look what he says in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 35. He said to them, when I sent you out with money belt and bag and sandals, or without money bag, bag, and sandals, did you not lack anything, did you? And they said, no, nothing. They went out without food and water and money and materials, and they didn't have Jesus with them. He says, did you lack anything when you went out there and did what I told you to do? No, actually we didn't. And we simply obeyed your word by faith and left our purpose... For your priority, God, you showed up with power and provision. I don't know where you are today in your life, but I know that every single person sitting in this audience today has a call of God upon their life. 
God has something he's put in your hand. For Moses, he had a plan in place from the day Moses was born, what Moses was going to do. Moses had led his own plan, and he had went and become a shepherd. And, and God says, I need you to lay it down, Moses. If you just let me take your life, if you just lay your life down before me, and I will transform your life with the power and the provision of the Holy Spirit. And then you pick up your life by faith, and you walk out this door and do what I've called you to do and see that I will not confirm the preaching of the gospel with signs and wonders for those who believe. And that's what he says to the early church today. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. He did not say these signs will precede those who believe. God, you've got to do that first. Grow that ministry. God, make all that things happen. Give me the ability to preach before I ever get up to preach. My first sermons ever were horrid, horrible. I don't even know why they gave me the microphone again. But, but what it happens is as you begin to step out with what little bit God has given you, see that he will not open up the supply of heaven and pour on it abundance because you've been faithful to his purpose. Amen? Worship team, would you come? What old thing is God asking you to lay down and pick up anew? Some of you may own a business. Some of you may have the gift of singing. Some of you may have something in your hand that God could use. You say, God, but I only know how to use it this way. I'm not a, I'm not a gifted singer, but what can I do with your voice? God, I only have this much money, but what can I do with that money? God, I'm, I'm a friendly person, but I'm not real outgoing. But what can I do with what I have put in your life. Maybe you've got skills for carpentry or skills for education or teaching ability. Maybe you're just a good, loving person who God can use in a, in a care ministry. Whatever it is, you say, but God, I lack. And God, I don't have enough. It'll be a loss if I begin to do those things. He says, guys, if you'll just be faithful. God always gives his power and his provision to those who make his kingdom purpose their priority. He will confirm in your life power and provision in every area if you'll just make his kingdom purpose your priority. There is no lacking in Jesus Christ. Just simply what's in your vessel, what's in your basket, what's in your hand, Church, I believe God can multiply this church abundantly. There's no reason we can't fill every chair in this auditorium. It's just if we would be obedient to use what little God has given us. We may not be much people. We may not have much money. We may not have much power. But we do have a little. We do have a little. And if we'll just be faithful with a little, God will be faithful with a lot. Right? God is abundant. He wants to do great things because he sent his son to die so that all might know. How can we doubt? God will freely give all things. Paul said if he freely gave his son, how will he not freely give all things to those who believe? Would you believe today? Would you stand with me all across this place? What's in your vessel? What's in your basket? What's in your hand? Say, Pastor Heath, I'm, I'm lacking today. I've got drastic needs. I've got depleted resources. 
And that thing that you're talking about, man, that is a challenging, difficult situation. I don't have enough. Man, I say good. Because if you had enough, you wouldn't need God. God's going to put you in a situation where you have to need Him, like He's done in our church. Guys, we have to have God move for us to do what we want to do in LaSalle Parish, Louisiana. It can't be because of a pastor's good speaking ability or worship team's good playing ability or because we're just the best people in the world. It's got to be because God has to show up from heaven. We say, God, we lack. We don't have enough. But, Lord, we what we have, we give fully unto you. God, here's my vessel. Here's my basket. Here's what's in my hand. I give it unto you, Lord. Show up in power and provision. Amen? What's in your hand? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Holy Spirit, Lord, I've just been obedient to what you wanted to say today. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would move on every heart and every life. Lord, let us examine ourselves, test our ways.